Be good. <laughs> Try these other premium blends from Pete Stokeby. Norwegian Shag, a quality blend consisting of smooth Virginia tobacco, some air-cured burley and fine oriental tobaccos, a smooth American blend taste. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. That voice you just heard was Mr. Ed Semft. He's our guest today, and I'm going to tell you about him in just a moment. Um, but first, I want to say I am so thankful to be back We've had a long break from doing podcasts. I've been working on a project down in the Salton Sea in a small town called Bombay Beach with my friend Tal Ruspoli. We did a project uh, together called the Bombay Beach Biennale and uh, that took up like most of my attention. I was pretty uh, focused on making sure I was useful to the people there. And um, yeah, it was a very, very special, special time and special, um, uh, I don't even know how to put it, special event for sure, but just a, uh, a unique moment in time where I got the opportunity to meet tons of creative people, tons of uh, driven people and fun and interesting characters, and very few of whom I ended up getting on this podcast, but uh, the one you're going to hear today, Mr. Sinft. Uh, I want to dedicate this podcast to somebody. Um, her name is Tiffany Couch, and she is my wife. And uh, she is a lovely human being with whom I am crazily in love. And uh, we're celebrating nearly 20 years of being a partnership. Our anniversary is coming up. It'll be our 10-year wedding anniversary this April 17th. But uh, yeah, if it were not for her, for one, this podcast wouldn't exist. The trip that I'm about to be on, that we've been on, would not uh, be happening. And you would not be hearing specifically from this guest today, Mr. Simpt. Um, Ed showed up as a volunteer. He's going to tell you all about it to help out with the Biennale. Um, and, you know, we were working side by side for almost a week. And I was so focused and I know I maybe don't give the impression that I'm a particularly hard worker via this podcast, but I get way into my projects. Whatever I'm doing, I'm into it. And I, I just barely talked to Ed about anything personal. Uh, we just worked. And I uh, am so glad that when Tiffany showed up at the Biennale, within four minutes of talking to Ed, she um, turned to me and said, did you know that Ed is walking across the country? That he walked here from Iowa? <laughs> Uh, I did not know that, and I was a little ashamed for not having known it, and immediately grateful to my sweet and curious wife for digging into people's backstories uh, within moments of meeting them. So, Tiffany, um, if you happen to hear this, I love you so deeply, and I'm so grateful to you for being such an inquisitive and sweet sort of lady. So, uh, thank you. And thank you, uh, listeners for putting up with me, um, making a little audio love letter to my wife. Okay. Uh, where do I start? Yeah. The Biennale was incredible. Uh, we got to see and hang out with many former guests on this podcast, which d has not happened much in our life so far. Um, I hung out with, uh, Freeman, uh, Ricardo Serpa came. He made a beautiful book for the Biennale. It's gorgeous. 178 pages of just beautiful, beautiful images. I uh, got to hang out with Laura Austin, got to see Dr. Christopher Ryan, uh, hung out with Tal Ruspoli, uh, met his mother, I hung out with so many great people, uh, my new friend Jane Maru. It was just a, a, a beautiful, beautiful time. And on the very last day that I was there, I was able to record three podcasts with three fantastic guests, one of whom is the guy you're about to hear from, who has a wonderful story and is uh, pretty hip for being such a young guy. Anyhow, um, yeah, the, the Bombay Beach Biennale, you got to check it out. Uh, you can look up the hashtag, I think, on in Instagram, Bombay Beach Biennale, B-I-E-N-N-A-L-E. Um, yeah, wow, what a thing. 
what a thing to be a part of. I feel very, very grateful. Um, thank you out there for those of you who support us on Patreon. Um, I feel uh, almost unworthy of your support at times. And I, I just I hope this is worth it for you to be uh, supporting us. There are certainly many people out there who, who need support. Um, a guy like Ed, for instance. If you're interested in supporting Ed, uh, you can send him an email or you can send us an email if you just want to send money to him. Um, we support that. Uh, he, he's just a, he's an adventurous and thoughtful dude who could use help. So when people send us money, I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel, I just hope it's worth it for you. I do my very best to make it worth it. And so does Tiffany. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And our feelings won't be hurt if you want to give money to somebody else. It's okay. But if you want to give us money and you've never given us money before, don't get me wrong. We can use it and we'll put it to good use. Anyway, enough of this money talk. I just want to get you right to Ed. Um, I was a little rusty on the podcast game. And I hit record and started talking before uh, the program caught up. So <laughs> when I asked him his last name, uh, it got cut off. But anyhow, um, here comes Mr. Ed Senft. 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 S-E-N-F-T. What's the etymology there? It's a German. It, it's it's for mustard. The German word for mustard is zenf. And when they came to the States, they, they, it up. they Yeah, they thought they were making it easier for people to say senft, but they're really not. Interesting. <laughs> Do you identify as German? Germanic? Um, no, I've never really, it's never really been part of like a, any culture that I've experienced. Um my family isn't particularly German. I, I kind of, of any culture that I identify with most, I'd say like Iowan, you know, like the, the kind of country, but not hick. Yeah. It's, it's a delicate balance there. It, tell me about it, man. I would love to kick the hick if I could. I'm from Mississippi and Tennessee, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's hard to get that out of you, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a little bit there and, you know, um, but it's, I think it's more like a family kind of centered. And um, I like spending time with, with my grandparents and extended relatives. It's all, it's nobody's talking philosophy or political stuff. It's yeah. something that I wish I had more of. And now that I'm exploring it more, I really enjoy it. But then I also enjoy just sitting around a campfire shooting shit and not really yeah. saying anything of substance. Yeah. I'm sure you've gotten both of those. This, uh, Yeah, this yeah. I've, I've ran into a lot of substance and non-substance and fun conversations. Yeah. So I'll give a little context. I'm sitting with Ed Svent. Senft. Senft. But wait, what was the original one? Zenf is Zenf. The okay. old German. Yeah. So I'm sitting with, with Ed here at uh, the Bombay Beach. Institute of Particle Physics, Medical Metaphysics, and International Relations. We've just completed the Bombay Beach Biennale, mm -hmm. uh, 2019, and you are walking across the country. You've walked here yeah. from Iowa. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to deal with there. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you are a young fella. Yes. Um, you are uh, on a journey physically, and I would imagine mentally, spiritually, philosophically. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I want to dive into that, but tell me um, first, how did you end up at the Bombay Beach Biennale? How did I end up here? Um, did you, okay, were you so aware of it before this? I I knew there was something happening this weekend. I, I spent um, a month living with a family on the other side of the sea here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd kind of heard, oh, Bombay is cool. Go to Slab City. There's stuff on the other side. Um, and, and so, so when I decided to leave there, um, I, I knew that I wanted to come to Bombay. I already, I already, uh, knew that, but, uh, I, I guess how I ended up getting here was I was out on, what is it? 111 the highway? Yeah. Uh, with a thumb out walking down and, uh, it was Sarah that picked me up and, uh, gave me a ride in I kind of just from that got in with sort of the, the institute and stuff here so 
rather than having to have a tent out on the beach i'm kind of like right here in the center right in the thick of it yeah yeah i've been getting to kind of get my hands in on all the stuff going on you sure enough have you showed up just in time right when things were getting the pace picked up considerably Uh, i've been here for five weeks almost six and uh you know it's been like a pretty steady hard long days but Mm -hmm. you showed up right when we needed extra hands and uh I'm gonna go ahead and guess that you noticed when I start working. I'm pretty, like, like a mule with blinders yeah. on. I just mm-hmm. sort of like time to go. Through. And uh, I've we've worked very closely together. You've helped me with a number of projects, and yeah. we've had zero conversation. And it wasn't until my wife came to the Biennale that I learned what you were up to. And it's such a, I don't know. I feel I feel bad about having missed that opportunity to talk to you about all these things, but I was just so focused on just you know, trying to accomplish projects that yeah. I'm really glad that my wife did show up and at the last minute find out what you're up to, man. Cause this is a cool, I think what you're doing is, um, and I'm going to get into the reasons why in a minute, I promise. Cause I want to know, take all your that. time, but I want to, uh, I just want to tell you, I think that journeying that you're on the, the sort of seeking, I don't know that everyone necessarily feels how important that is in your life because to figure out what it is that you want is a really big chore it's not an easy thing in any way to to come up with and so being alone on the road with no vehicle very scarce um, resources for comfort i would imagine Mm -hmm. you know uh, and sort of putting yourself almost in that like itinerant pilgrim program where you're uh at the mercy of and the kindness of strangers um is a, is a beautiful thing. So I applaud you for, for doing that. Thank you. Um, so, so tell me, when, when did you start, first of all? Um, it's been about eight months now, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I left about mid-August. I'm not going to try and count right now, months. I think it's eight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I haven't spent all that time on the road. I'd say about half of that has been in places where I'm more stationary here, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, the month on the other side there, I spent a bunch of time in Northern California and, uh, has it been all walking or just a combo of hitchhiking, walking? Well, uh, walking, hitchhiking, public transportation, whenever I can. Um, definitely like the most distance has been covered while, uh, from rides that I've gotten from people, but definitely the most time has been from hiking and would you say you've spent more time in a tent or in people's homes um it's probably probably been more time in the tent uh i try to spend as much time as i can that's that was really like my my segue into doing this was from hiking and camping just in the parks near my town Mm -hmm. and uh so so that's where i feel most uh myself i think camping and hiking and yeah wilderness yeah definitely the wilderness just really trying to immerse myself in my surroundings yeah. but uh there have been yeah rvs and and uh people's homes and little cabins and stuff that i've spent quite a bit of time into yeah so people just see you they they're like what are you up to and they start talking to you or you've talked to people and then they're like well man you should come stay yeah. You can have some food, we'll give you a yeah. shower, that sort of thing. Yeah, wherever I can wash my dirty socks, you know. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. <laughs> there, it, it really does reinforce that. Um, you, know, you hear what how divided the country is, now fucked up things are, and people fight. It's not really the picture. They, You, you hear about it a lot, but, but when, when I've been out here and talking to people and all that crap that's going on, Washington and stuff it's I don't even think about it you know yeah it's, it's an abstract and, and people there's you know I, I understand that there's a lot of division I, I know that but when I'm out here it, it feels like everybody's just trying to get by you know people want to nobody's looking for trouble it feels like you know people just want to sit up people people want pleasure out of life you yeah. know yeah and that's that's really what I've been experiencing and and kindness to people people lend it back 
that to me suggests that's our best access to actual pleasure is when we are giving to others and we're being kind to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we think about like pleasure as in like maybe some sort of orgasmic experience or you get something or something is, you know, you, you treat yourself in some way. But I think the times I've felt best is when I've had an opportunity to be useful to someone or helpful Absolutely. or to give. And um, you, uh, you've been on the receiving end. You've been able to give people an opportunity to actually feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you have clearly gotten the opportunity to do that yourself to feel good because you, I mean, you came here and have just been working your ass off from the moment you hit the ground uh, with a great attitude. You know, um, That's right. and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing to see in anybody, but particularly, I mean, I know you're you're a little bit coy about telling people how old you are, but uh, nineteen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> a hundred percent easier than Definitely. the first time I asked you how old you were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you son of a bitch, but. Uh, <laughs> No, man, I, you know, to see that lesson learned so uh, early in a person's life, I mean, that's that's it, man. You know, that that is one of the main lessons, I think. And it's okay. It's one thing to say that out loud, okay, yeah, you should be nice and be kind and be giving, but you embody it in a really cool way. So cheers to you, man, for getting Thank that you. lesson in. Thank you. Um, so why, Ed, why are you walking? What what puts you in this position? Um. Well, I, I had kind of fantasized about it, you know, at home. And, uh, and, and home is Iowa, but what? where in Iowa? Iowa City, Iowa. It's kind of in, like, the, the southeast corner. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so I had, it, it had always been sort of a, a pipe dream, you know, to vagabond across the world and see the sights, you know. But uh, it was never more than that, and I just... Like right out, right after school, I was working full time. You know, right, I was still in school by the time I started doing that, and just trying to put put all my energy into what can I do do uh, that I think I should be, you know, grown up or or uh, what should I want? So I, I had my own place, car, all that stuff, but but it it bored me, I guess. You know, I would wake up, do the same thing every day, clock in, clock out, come home, sit at my computer, you know, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd hang out with friends and stuff, but, but it wasn't, uh, it just got less and less rewarding. And then, uh, finally one day, I think I told you this story one day, uh, I was leaving work and, uh, go out through the alleyway and there's this guy walking through doesn't look too much older than me he's got this big backpack on and scruffy beard this dirty hair bandanas water bottle hanging off of him he's got a guitar strapped across his shoulder and uh and and i just remember he was just smiling his ass off he he was so happy and uh i talked to him for a little bit on the way back to my car uh and then I got, you know, we say our goodbyes and he walks off down the street and I walk up to my car and open the door and I kind of, I'm like, I need to talk to this guy. I need to, uh, like this guy is, I can't, I can't pass this up. So then I run down out of the parking ramp and I start going all over town and I'm like asking people, I'm like, did you see a guy with a backpack go by? And no, no, I didn't, I don't know. I haven't seen anyone and I'm running around and finally you know, 30 feet away from where we departed each other. He's actually sitting on this bench, kind of propped behind this flower garden area. And uh, he's just sitting there playing his guitar. He'd hardly moved at all. And I uh, I just run up to him like, hey, man, can I get you lunch? I want to I wanna talk. Uh, and he just told this awesome story. He had gone to Hawaii and uh, gone all over the country here. He was going from North Carolina to Michigan. That was his mission when when I ran into him. And, and he just, he was doing exactly what he wanted to be doing. And that was what struck me the most. And it was kind of this kick in the gut moment where, you know, there are people doing it. It's it's not a pipe dream. It's, it's, 
it's real you can you can do it and so that's when I kind of that was my moment where yeah screw it I'm gonna do it and I had three months left on my lease so I uh, decided I wouldn't renew I was gonna sell my car quit my job save up as much as I could in that time and hit the road and that was the savings. That's what's that's what's funding your journey right now. Is the three months of just like selling the car. Yeah, that that pocketing the. It's we're about at the end of it now, um, but and I've been like finding work. I was doing Northern California. Uh, grow operation type of grow thing. operation. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of trim work up there to grab a few bucks and. Uh, you know, at the beginning, I was blowing through money a lot faster yeah, now that's how than it goes. I am now. <laughs> well, um, did you feel ever at any point, you know, you were saying you were, you were unfulfilled by your life of just work and school. Were you in school? Were you in college? Or? No, I, uh, no I, I didn't go to college. Uh, I didn't want to jump into it without really knowing what, you wanted to what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and school was never a place that I, I felt like I was getting anything out of to be honest i didn't get a whole i didn't participate much there you didn't put much in so you no, didn't get much out no yeah. i really didn't <laughs> i understand that so did you ever at any point while you're doing all that were you afraid of doing that did you ever feel that sense of fear like oh shit this is just what it's going to be like you know just maybe like a bigger house or a different car but roughly the same um, did you get that fear absolutely uh because it came to a point where where I just was doing my job every day and coming home my days off I'd sleep and stay in and uh, and and finally I realized nothing nothing's gonna happen you know the world isn't gonna just give anything to me anymore uh, I think that's kind of once you leave your parents' house you know and school's over. Now it's up to you to mm-hmm. to make things happen. So what? Um, I mean, there's so many, <laughs> so many different things I want to know about about you and how you arrived at that decision. But like on that final day, when your car is gone, your lease is up, your stuff is uh, presumably either gone or in storage back at your folks' house or something, mm-hmm. and you just started walking away. Like, what location did you walk away from? Um. I actually left from Swisher, Iowa. It's this tiny little 500-person uh, town, maybe 20 minutes outside of Iowa City. It's where my my dad lives, and uh, my I was I've been bouncing between my mom's and my dad's house growing up. And I left from my mom. She drove me to my dad's, and uh, from there I did the last check of my backpack and. And uh, him and I actually, he, he walked with me about a mile outside of town, kind of to the edge of where anyone was living. And uh, it was just this little country road, you know, not, not many cars going by. Pretty terrible road to try and hitchhike on. Um, but uh, I didn't know that at the time. Uh, but... but uh, that was that was the the last of my family that I saw there was was him walking with me. It's a beautiful thing that he would take the time to go walk with you. So they're clearly supportive of it in their way. They they have been amazingly supportive of it, and that was something I was kind of worried about at the beginning. Like, hey, mom, I want to be homeless. Uh, I wasn't sure how how that would work, how she'd take it. But they've b- both. Uh, just been a tremendous support uh they they understood that that school wasn't my place and i wasn't really happy with where my life was and uh i think more than anything they're they're like jealous they hadn't hadn't done something like that that's at least what my dad says and and uh it's 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 really cool um how much how calling home every time they're excited for the crazy stories that I've had and, and it's really helped me like uh open up with them as far as honestly like yeah mom I had this 
crazy trip while I was uh, up here and I was walking all over town and I was like staring at kaleidoscopes and stuff and they they are supportive of all uh, a lot it's yeah. really great the, I mean it, it for one <laughs> it suggests that your parents are pretty cool people uh, they are. But, but two it suggests that they know your skill sets they know what you're about they know that you're like a you're clearly responsible even though like dropping responsibility responsible and irresponsible kind of way well you're responsible with my irresponsibility <laughs> well you're responsible with yourself and you take accountability for yourself and you're not um i don't know man just just in working with you your uh, approach to shit is measured and you take your time and you're not rushing and you like today just a really good example it's like hey you ready to go record come on you're like absolutely and then you could I was could tell you're a little excited you know mm-hmm. you're like but I'd like to get a, a glass of water see we took a break immediately started mm-hmm. and you went and got a water bottle filled it up came and sat down rolled a cigarette and like took your time with it something new to you that you've not done uh, no. presumably ever uh, and and you your parents clearly know this about you that you're going to be careful you're going to take your time you're going to think before you act so that that suggests that they know who you are but to their coolness uh what what's their background what are they live in iowa city iowa how do they get to be so cool um so my mom's uh from la and she actually has lived in a bunch of cities across the country and uh came to iowa city for for college there for the university and uh my dad is from oh, Sumner, Iowa, and that's a tiny little farming community. Uh, there's, you know, the one gas station kind of town. Yeah. We got a railroad last year, kind of kind of place. Um, and and he also went for the university, and they met as uh, taxi drivers. And uh, in, in Iowa City? In Iowa City. They were both driving taxis? Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they were both students there. Uh, I don't... I don't know. My, my dad uh, didn't get a whole lot out of the university and kind of has, has helped me with my, you know, not jumping into something and investing a bunch of money in it before, uh, you know what you want out of it and uh and had me they got married marriage didn't end up working out and uh and now actually both of them have i think realized themselves a lot more as people too within these past couple of years my mom or uh started this program working uh with the university between the university and prisons teaching college courses i'm actually wearing her shirt right now uh liberal, liberal arts beyond bars library That's, uh no liberal arts, <laughs> liberal arts. <laughs> no liberal, liberal arts behind bars okay. yeah That's and cool. uh and very much wants i think the the biggest uh difference between them is my mom wants to to do something with the world my dad and they both do each of these, but my dad really wants to do something with himself and and be who he wants to be. And and it's this uh, between between the two of them, I kind of got to see their their highs and lows during their divorce and everything. But they they've crafted me a lot as people, and and I don't know if it's they crafted me, but I took what I wanted out of both of them yeah you learn what to do by learning witnessing what not to do mm-hmm. sounds like how old are your folks uh they're they're young or well, I think they're in their 40s yeah yeah they they had me when they were very young and uh yeah, yeah. I'm old enough to be one of your parents, or at least one of your parents' slightly younger friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I just can't even imagine right now, like having a kid at all. Never mind one that was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna go uh, 
realize myself through a you know arduous journey across the country mm -hmm. i mean it'd be like terrifying and like the deepest pride i could possibly feel as a parent so i can only imagine what your folks are, are feeling are, are you um so you're, you're pretty close with both of them still um absolutely are you planning on heading back or what's what's do you have a plan or what are you thinking um oh i think about that a lot uh you know, I'm starting to get to the point where I would really like to go back uh, for a return visit because I'm, I'm not done traveling at all. But, but this is the longest that I've been away from home in my life, and uh, uh, without seeing really anyone that I know for a long period of time, and it's it's helped me meet a lot of wonderful people. But I kind of miss miss being there and and you know friend uh i think that just comes with anyone going away yeah I mean, there's something about seeing a familiar face man yeah there's yeah. there's no question you can make friends you make meet people on the road and i'm sure you've noticed like how quickly you make a friend on the road absolutely i mean it's the, it's yeah. the quickest friendship you can develop out there is through travel i think but uh when you finally do see someone that you know out of context out of travel it's this weird tether point to some other person that is slowly dying <laughs> inside mm -hmm. you, you know, like that because you're just constantly changing. I would imagine that the dude that left on that day in that little uh, inhospitably uh, bad for hitchhiking road, <laughs> uh, that's a different dude than the one sitting in this chair. Yeah. You know? And that's only been Very eight months so. of, of your young life. I mean, that's a, um, it's, I, I know that feeling quite well. Uh, I did something somewhat similar uh, in my early 20s. Um, it, mine came through um, sort of a, f a wanderlust and a fear of normalcy or, or being stuck. Yeah. And uh, a combination of that and like some oddball things happening, like a parent, my dad died. I, the woman who is now my wife, it was my girlfriend at the time, we split up and then my home was broken into it. Everything I owned was stolen. So it was kind of like a, Oh, hey, you should get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all signs that were on the wall were pointing to that. But you just, you took it, you went and got it before any of that sort of thing happened to you. Are you, um, are you really thinking about travel more or like, like leaving the country? Are you really into travel? Or are you just more into the exploration of your own self in, in relation to others? Or what do you, what's, um, what's your bigger passion there? Exploration self is is huge um i guess it's it's both uh i mean i'm seeing places that that i've never even really imagined i had i couldn't have come up with bombay beach you know yeah. and uh so so being in these places these fantastic woods amazing canyons um I'd never been to an ocean before. Uh, I mean, these are, it, it's incredible. And it's given me such a huge appreciation for our world and how big our country is and, and how diverse it is. How tiny we are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and cheers to Sarah Larson for picking you up man I mean, she, out. was she Absolutely. by herself was she like or did she, she was she was she just pulled over and picked up a um, hitchhiker yeah that's definitely she's a happens cool a lot less lady, man a lot less common for uh for women to be picking me up yeah I, can and I mean it makes it's not something i hold against anyone no you know <laughs> uh nope. i'm i'm aware of of what it looks like when i'm all scraggly and sure. smell bad and wear right. a bag yeah. and you know, I, I always kind of feel bad when I, like, have a thumb out and I see there's kids in the car. Because then I kind of got to think, you know, like, what are they saying to their kids about what's that guy doing on the road? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good lesson for you. It's a good lesson for those kids in the car if the parents are hip, you know, to be like, you know, that you just cannot judge anyone and think you know you're getting it right. You know, huh. it's just right. not the way it works to you're be... Right. Uh, staring someone down and thinking you know what their situation is about so i mean the, looking at you a scraggly guy with you know backpack and a little dirty you have no idea that he's a sweet uh not quite farm boy from <laughs> iowa just trying to figure out who he is you know yeah yeah uh, and i was i always thought it was really 
interesting too. One of the questions I like asking people for when, when I get a ride is, so what were you doing just now? You know, mm-hmm. uh, cause, cause that's, you know, uh, what they were thinking about, you know, when we're driving by ourselves, we come up with these little monologues as we're going or we're singing along or something like that. And, uh, you know, what were you thinking about before you came around a corner and saw me there? Uh, so that, I think that impacts a lot, you know, that's what answers someone are you getting? It's going to pick questions. me up or not. Yeah. Cause I mean, somebody that's usually down to pick up hitchhikers could be having a bad day and decide not to, or somebody that would never think of that could just, Oh, what the hell, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I like it because every time I'm getting into somebody's car, I know that they're, there's somebody that's, that's down for what I'm doing, I guess, you yeah. know, they're, they're at least interested or want to be helpful or just have that little bit in them that why not? Yeah. It's curiosity. It's a desire to be helpful. It's all these things. I, I, I pick up hitchhikers when I'm alone, when I'm with my wife, I tend not to um, just, you know, yeah. Cause you never, I mean, you really, it's, you it's not, I don't want to be that person who's like always worried about, you know, Oh God, this person could murder everybody. But you know, I, I, I don't mind putting myself in that situation, but to put my wife in there, if I'm with someone else in the car, but, but we have, my wife and I've definitely picked up hitchhikers. You know, you can kind of sometimes like just see like, all right, this, these guys just need a hand, you know, they're just whatever they're broken down or they're on a journey. But, um, I've certainly had some great times with hitchhikers, uh, and I've had some mind numbing times. <laughs> I, I picked up this one dude and, uh, I was driving the length of, um, well, I was actually driving from Canada back to uh, Tennessee, nice. and I picked this guy up in Portland, just right outside of Portland, and uh, I was heading to Ashland, which is the bottom of the state for the night, and uh, you know it's many hour journey, and this dude got in the car and just immediately started talking, and uh, I asked him, "Hey, what have you been doing?" And so this journey began, his his monologue began, <laughs> maybe like. Uh, like right then like where he, what he had just been doing and he immediately sequenced back like flashback to the beginning of his life <laughs> and just proceeded to tell me his whole story and I'm like by the time we're about maybe 20 minutes outside of Ashland I'm starting to fucking lose it like he's just rambling and going and talking and I'm, I'm seriously about to just tell him like can you please stop talking like can you just just take a rest and it was mm-hmm. literally about to come out of my mouth and he's like, so tell me about yourself. <laughs> just right. I mean, just as the words were forming on my lips. And I I just, I was like, what? Uh, there's not much to tell. He's like, that's a shame. Anyway, so there I was. And, and like, by the time we got to Ashland, he was about f- five days out from when I picked him up. And it was just, I mean, brutal to, to, to be in that scenario with this guy. But for the most part, I've really, I've always enjoyed like what, what I get out of picking up a, and even that, I mean, I have that story to tell, which. Yeah, you get, you, you know. get a little story out of it. And yeah. I like getting stories out of people too, because, you know, they're going to drop me off and I'm never going to see that person again mm-hmm. in, in all likelihood. So, and, and, and people realize that too. So they'll open up about something that they wouldn't talk about with people I've had going through rough patches in their marriages. Uh, uh, this, this one guy is, is dad just killed himself and I'm sorry that was, uh but but um he he just was going through a lot and he decided to pick me up and he really kind of opened up a whole lot and it was I didn't even end up saying much that ride it was just you could tell he needed somebody to to pour into for a little bit and and when he dropped me off it was something I thought about for a long time and uh, just just people uh, needed someone to talk to. And hey, there's someone. <laughs> Woke up with a bang and a bug on your face. It crawled in your mouth and gave you a taste of the good life. Left behind, but I think you're gonna be fine. 
what a gift to give, you know, that you could just be an impartial set of ears for someone. You know, just like the tiniest little touchstone of community for somebody who's suffering in whatever way. Do you, do you have any, like, um, would you do anything differently if you could do it over again or the next time you take off? Will you make any changes? Will you adjust? Um, I'm not sure. I, as far as hitchhiking strategies, I guess, how can I get more rides, get a little further? Um, I'm not one that, that likes sitting down with a sign that's, or standing on the corner with a thumb out. I, I get bored too quickly of it. Um, truck stops, just, I had one, I was trying to leave Des Moines. And I was in this one truck stop for two and a half days, sitting in the same spot. I'd wander around, oh chit-chat with the cashier for a little bit. She gave me a chocolate milk for free, so that was cool. <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know, nothing nothing happened. And finally I'm like, ah, screw this. I just started, I just started walking. Uh, Des Moines got this bike path that runs all through the town. And, I just I was like, oh, I'll walk down this and see what I can find. And I uh, there was this guy jogging by me, and really not because I wanted to talk to him or because I was so interested. I just wanted to say something, I guess. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I asked him, hey, where where are the train tracks? And he's like, yeah, I think the train station's up here. And, and we just started talking as we're walking down this trail. And uh, he ended up like, hey. Let me give you my number. I'm gonna go shower and clean up and everything, and I'm gonna come back here and I wanna give give some money to the cause, I guess. And and he came back and he ended up just giving me some cash there. And and I don't I I don't like begging, I guess, because it's not I don't need it. There are people out there that are that have their their busking playing their music or or have their cup out, and it's those those are the people that that actually need the help. I I never try and uh, get get things out of people, but he uh, just was so convinced that he wanted to to help me, and that just uh, that was leaving Iowa, and so I um I that was kind of a moment that convinced me that. I should be walking and trying to interact with people rather than waiting for for something to happen. Yeah, that's a great strategy. That that interaction, that personal interaction, is I, for our journey. Well, we've been some beautiful places. We've seen some great stuff, but it's the people and the stories that really are impactful that we remember and we want to share with others. It's the reason we're doing this right now. It's the reason I'm sitting with you. In this weird little uh, place covered with chicken shit and lawn furniture, <laughs> um, talking, you know, so that we can gather stories and hear your tale and learn what you've learned, and that doing that, getting that access to someone, and like you said, that people will open up to a stranger in a way that they might not open up to their their close relatives, their close friends, because mm -hmm. you're even if you are judging, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, you're never gonna see you again. You're just, you're just like a a, a set of ears in a in a moment that mm -hmm. needs them. You know, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing to kind of be. Um, I, I I wonder about like, you know, this, what you're doing is like an old thing. People have been doing this for a long time. You know, like, just I'm gonna go on a pilgrimage. I'm like, yeah, my mom walked on the El Camino de Santiago. Have you heard of that? In, uh, through Portugal, Spain, yeah. into France, right? Yeah, yeah. She walked in that by herself at age sixty-seven, and was not by herself wow. for very long at all. She's made friends, and you know, had, has these lifelong now partners and friends and people that she'll stay in touch with from that. That, um, you know, yeah, it's a spiritual pilgrimage that was. It's old, very old, but mm -hmm. it's. Um, each person takes from it something different, you know. You don't necessarily have to be uh, a Catholic or care at all about St. Thomas or, you know, any of that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, if, in fact, that is the saint for whom the 
couldn't tell that. I, I should know that. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, uh, Saint, old Saint so-and-so in his walking shoes are passing on lessons right now on the whatever highway you're going to take next. You know, mm-hmm. you're still doing that same. You're on that same trajectory as those those old pilgrims, and that you're not. You know, you're not asking for money. You're not trying to do anything other than just get to another point C. It's not. There is no point B. It seems like for mm-hmm. you, there's just barely a point A. <laughs> Uh, so what, what next? Like if you, if you go back and visit home, are you thinking about popping into a job, making some more money so you can do it again? Are you thinking about going to school? Did you find something that you want to study? Like where? Um, I have been thinking a lot more about going back to school and, and I still haven't figured out what for yet, but, but I have, uh, better convinced myself that it's something that at some point I should do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even if I never end up figuring it out and never end up needing to go to school, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. Um, but, but if I do, um, it's something that I'll, I'll be excited for. And as, as far as what's next, uh, working for a little bit to build up some money is something I'll end up having to do yeah i mean you you have you must have learned some new skills on this journey i mean yeah trimming weed is a skill it's not an easy thing to do and next time you buy a pot where if you're listening in a state that's where it's legal just think about how big those plants get and how little the little bud in your in your jar gets and some it takes human beings to do all that stuff sure and and uh even there yeah i was caring for chickens and goats and sheep there. Uh, I really like farming work. It's probably the Iowa in me talking there. Uh, But I like it a lot. It's something that I find very gratifying, uh, uh, rewarding. And it's, yeah, every outdoor skills are something I've picked up a lot, power tool, working with hands or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you I just watching you around here, like you're open to learning stuff and like, Hey, yeah, yeah, show me how this works. And then you could just do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it always seemed to me like, and I know you said you didn't really necessarily get a lot out of school, but I would argue that you, you at least seem whether it was for, through school or your parents or what, but you seem to have learned how to learn, which, you know, people conflate yeah. like being in school with your learning math, science, you know, technology, whatever your school in my estimation. And what I got out of it was that you learn a methodology for learning new shit. Absolutely. It's not that you need to know the dates of various battles or how to formulate, you know, mathematical equations, but you learn, okay, here's the steps that my brain needs to take to take on a new task and figure it out. And you've got that kind of brain. You've got the kind of brain who you see problems and you figure out a way to get yourself in there to, to, to come up with a solution. And that, so I hear you, school maybe not, wasn't your thing, but it definitely lent you the right tools, you know, for, for what it is that you're now pursuing. So yeah, you better apologize yeah. to all your teachers for whatever right. you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're going to, you're going to possibly go back and work. Do you, have you thought about like going somewhere else rather than home oh, and working? Um, Absolutely. I, uh, you know, I'd, I've been considering going back to Northern California, pick mm-hmm. up a little bit more. Um, but, but anywhere I go, I, uh, I'll be, I'll be, I feel like able to find a job, uh, there, or at least a place to, uh, something that might come into a job. There's, uh, this wonderful, like, I don't know if you'd call it a website app, uh, Woof. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a farming, really great. At, like a, yeah. Connecting to farmers yeah. and it's worldwide, worldwide opportunities. Um, and so doing stuff like that, I feel like if I'm able to go in there and show that I'll be able to work hard and yeah. do what needs to be done, I can say, Hey, maybe do you think I could, start getting paid a little bit well i will write you a reference letter 
I'd be more than I'm. I'm not saying this emptily. I will write you a letter of reference right here on the spot if you like. I um, would love that because I I had a great time working with you, and I just I really appreciate. Uh, I mean this this crazy thing that we just did this uh, this festival putting this on. There was a lot of work, mm-hmm. and there's no. I mean, the the festival organizers have ideas of what they'd like to see done, but there's not like a direct over your head supervision type of thing. It's oh, like, okay, here are no. the tasks at hand, prioritize, accomplish, Figure move on, out, delegate. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's it engenders a creativity in you. The, I mean, I'm, I'm not an artist, but I got to come up with creative solutions for artists to mm-hmm. express themselves. And I watched you do that. You did the same thing, you know? Uh, and, and you took what skill sets you have and, and learned more and so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sign on the ed program. I hey. think, uh, anybody out there looking for somebody, if you've got a farm or if you've got a project and you need uh, just a hardworking person who's, it's not fair to say you're a blank slate because you're smarter than a blank slate, but you, you can be imprinted upon in a way yeah. that's very, I, I, I try and to, uh, to adapt to a lot of what's going on. You know, I think yeah. it's, uh, taking, taking what I have and putting it where it's useful, but then also knowing that these people are here all the time, they know what's going on, um, and that they will be able to give you something that I can take away. Yeah. If you, uh, I know you just said you weren't quite sure about what you'd like to study, but I mean, do you have, do you have a range of things that you might be interested in if you did end up going back to school? Is there something um, in particular, like? Maybe, uh, I always, I always liked history the most. Um, I think it's it's something that's uh, you know history repeats itself, I guess, and and knowing knowing what's happened can help me uh, with what will happen, and uh, especially like with with travel and stuff. I was running like running into like those people that were doing it in like the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. that uh, you know what it was like then, and then comparing it to what it's like now. Um, you know, I have a lot more readily available maps, and I can. You have communicate in your back pocket. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a, a way out that sometimes I have to kind of try and avoid using, mm-hmm. uh, to get the most out of experience. And like when I'm wandering around somewhere, I, I try and find it without looking for a map. Find the, you know, looking for place to eat or yeah. uh, park to camp at or something like that. Yeah. That's one thing I regret about our our current technological situation. I mean, it is really amazing to just be able to put in an address and it, a little lady in your pocket tells you how to get there. Mm-hmm. But I remember, of course, when those didn't exist and you just had to either have a map or ask directions. And it was fascinating you know, to one, rely upon a map, which was great. Mm-hmm. Like those old paper maps, you know, like just yeah, running your finger around. down the road and everything. Yeah. And wondering, okay, am I heading north here? Let me look at it. You get a little bit more spatially aware, but the asking directions thing. I like doing that, man. It's gratifying, isn't it? Cause you can, yeah. the type of people who will stop and give you directions, you know, there's different kinds of people. There's different kinds of directions. Mm-hmm. There's people who are like, okay, you turn at the, this restaurant, you go down to this, coffee shop then you hit that you know sweet mm-hmm. shop they like give you what i always call like fat guy directions which i really like yeah uh and then there's like you know people who use landmarks there's people who know their streets really well there's people who overdo it there's people who underdo it there's people who just fucking make it up as they go along you get mm-hmm. completely lost it's a good character study in asking directions but uh are you journaling are you writing this stuff down or are you yeah yeah i uh i keep a journal in my bag and uh it's kind of changed uh, how I how it is that I'm writing. <sighs> oh, these flies. I, I started it off as like, a, you know, what happened today kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and slowly it became more, how am I feeling about what happened? You know, what what have I been thinking about? Mm-hmm. And uh, only only recently has it kind of gone more abstract. Or I'm not really writing much about anything. It's just kind of. Uh, like bad poetry, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. And uh, 
just little things that that have been on my mind and I kind of abstract them a little bit. Are you considering like, do you just writing it, literally writing it with a pen and paper in yeah. your bag? Yeah. That's fantastic. I like it. I like it. And, and, uh, I've also been doing, uh, recording myself talk on my phone and, uh, something that I hope to transcribe later or at least listen to again. Yeah. Uh, I'm able to go a little faster than when I'm writing, but but it's something that when I'm scratching a pen against the the paper, it's feels like it means more, you know. Yeah, it's a unique thing that we can we can do as creatures that we yeah. can remember in that way and put down a thought or a memory and save it for whatever yeah, it's worth on paper, yeah. or on a cave wall, or whatever mm-hmm. it is that we're doing. Press our hand against and. Yeah, leave our image. Try to remember. I um, I just look at all this art that people have been doing around here, and that is so. You know, it's meant to be permanent, but it's like as we speak is getting beat to shit by the sun. Chickens are shitting on it. Mm-hmm. Think, you know, it's just slowly, inch by inch, getting whittled away. You know, little bits of it chipped off. Um, and it's it's a lesson, I think, in like the of course the impermanence of things but just whatever effort you're putting into something you know what because you can just people could just put up paper here mm-hmm. you know you could just put up paper and it'd be gone in a week you know but if you put up paper that's been laminated it might last a little bit longer if you build a little box around that laminated piece of paper it'll last even longer so the more you put into it the longer things will last the more impact they'll have and uh it seems like you're you're on the the route to like fortifying your work in a way you know yeah. you're, you're like building this thing around yeah. around yeah. yourself and i've i kind of i value the the impermanence and things uh you know the the time i spend here is is great but it's going to come to an end and it will be something that i can remember and look back to and you know eventually certain things will I've already forgotten parts of places where I was, but but the parts that, that meant the most to me, I can still think about. And even once I forget the things that meant the most, I will still remember or or have in me what it taught me, maybe. And, and different things as you get older and more shit happens to you in your life will mean something they didn't mean now. Mm-hmm. You know, something that seemed important to you this weekend you know, and maybe in six years won't be that important, but something that didn't seem particularly meaningful will have just this whole other impact on you to go back and read. Like, oh shit, yeah, that was the first time I saw that, and now I do this all the time, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've got similar sort of things lurking in little closets and yeah, yeah. folders, you know. You kind of you get to look back at how you were previously yeah and where are you know it's almost like having a business plan for a business Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just the thing you refer back to like oh fuck yeah that was the mission sure yeah i got it it gives you the opportunity to maybe sort of learn from from where you were at a different point Mm -hmm. you know uh if my mindsets end up changing a whole lot i can go back and sort of uncover what, what i was doing earlier yeah and uh, and take some value from myself where I didn't really try and imp- put a whole lot of value into certain things. You know, I can make it make it out later. Yeah. Well, man, you've uh, you've uh, your investment is I think paying off beautifully already. So, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you for showing up here and working your ass off. Um, and I don't know, man, just, and thank you for being willing to share this with other people. I think it's important that, you know, people look at a younger generation. They think, oh, we are fucked. You know, they, they we just see, you just see like people on their phones and sort of a vacuous sort of, you know, what, what an older generation might perceive as like a culture that doesn't care, but that's not it, man. That's not what's happening. Wow. Um, I, I have a lot of, uh, I'm inspired by your generation and I've got nieces and nephews who are your age and I think they're awesome. They're bright, 
they're with it they're questioning shit which mm-hmm. you're clearly doing and um I, I i'm encouraged you know and i'm a, i'm as equally discouraged as i've always been because people will just continue to suck in their own ways <laughs> yeah, it's always been that way though and, right. and it's always been um yeah things change but but people i think for the most part they're all right all right yeah all right yeah well ed bless you man uh i don't know just good luck out there thank you thank you right on oh wait actually before we sign off do you have like a website or a thing that people want to check out um i don't um i recently made an instagram i guess uh yeah I, sh- I should be putting more pictures out there, and and that's something that I'm gonna I, I, I've started doing more. So, yeah. so yeah. I, I don't know that necessarily you should be. I, I kind of like the fact that you're just doing it, and it's not about exhibiting what you're doing. I mean, do whatever you want, of course. I think your pictures would probably be great, but like I, I love the fact that you're just doing it, and you didn't you didn't start a podcast or a no. website or any of this shit. Oh, I, you just went on your journey, man. Kept it simple. So. Yeah, guys. Uh, if you want to learn more about Ed, uh, you want to get in touch with him, you want to send him an email, you can do that at? At uh, Eben underscore Edward. Right on. On Instagram. All right. I guess, yeah. We'll, we'll, put, a link, we'll put a link up on our website. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people, like, uh, who knows, man? Somebody may hear this and be like, you know, I want to give Ed 100 bucks or whatever. If you're willing to do that, we'll make sure Ed gets the money. Um, and uh, hopefully shorten your time at work, you know. By at least you know a hundred bucks or so. You never know. All right, I guess you know. Um, appreciate it, future people. Yeah, man. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. I've spent too long away from home. the things I could. here saying thank you for listening to the monkey tooth podcast if you haven't already or it's been a while check out our website mtp.dog there's plenty of information there an about tab with a little bio on andrew myself and our dog pele there's also a van build tab detailing how we did our van conversion a journal tab and we as an andrew are doing our best to keep that up to date and last but not least a contact tab where you can leave your thoughts, suggestions, or questions. You can also contact us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you would like to donate and or subscribe to the cause, you can go to Patreon and GoFundMe at Monkey Tooth Podcast. Patreon is not just a place to subscribe. We post lots of content there as well. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Love to all. She's in the open light Forget about